So here's the question this morning. Are you a peacemaker? Are you making peace in your marriage? Are you making peace with your children, with your parents? Are you a peacemaker at home, at work, in church? Are you making peace? And if we make peace, you guys, then Jesus is going to look really good because we bear his name. All right? So I have a passage I'm going to share with you, but I just want to pray. And I'm going to, man, we've been praying. I've been praying a ton about this day because my hope is, right, my hope is to equip us today to be able to walk out of here and say, okay, I feel like I've got some tools now and I know how to be a peacemaker in a world that is just experiencing so much contention. All right? So let's ask God right now to equip us to be peacemakers. All right? Let's pray. Father, thank you for Jesus uh, so that we could actually know who you are and what you're like. For he is the image of the invisible God. We get to see what you're like. And what we see in Christ is he came to bring the gospel of peace. Yes, Lord, we, we know that his truth ruffles feathers. But his spirit and his nature and his purpose on earth was to bring peace. So Lord, you know everyone who's in this room. You know every marriage that's struggling. You know every conflict in the home. You know the conflicts between friends. You know the conflicts in this church. And I just pray that today you might equip us and train us and help us to follow you. And we ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. No, this is not part of the service, okay? <laughs> Y'all are sitting there going, oh my God, what are they going to do next? And I'm going, I have no idea. <laughs> All right, we're back. Okay, here we go. So if you have the K2 app, go ahead and pull it up. And the scriptures and all is on there. But if you have your Bible, if, if, if you have it on the phone, it's James chapter 3. Okay, James chapter 3. We're going to unpack this thing. This has been, I was telling Susie, I, I sat there, I really tried to think this morning. I believe that this passage has more profoundly affected me personally, maybe than any other passage in the last three years. Absolutely changing how I'm living my life. And I've been looking forward to the day when I get to teach from it. So I'm gonna encourage you, man, if you got your program and you got your pens, pull them out and equip yourself. Get ready to be equipped by God to know how to be a peacemaker, all right? Here we go, James chapter three. It's starting with verse 13. James chapter three, verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. For such wisdom does not come down from heaven. It is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. Now, so catch this, right? So what's God all about in the purpose of Christ? 
I'm bringing everything together. I'm unifying everything. I've been amazed lately by just creation, right? That the creation is unbelievable in all of its diversity, the order, the way it's synchronized, the way it all affects each other perfectly. And when that works, it's good, right? And our creation is good. And when something is good and when something's right, it's fruitful, it's beneficial, it brings pleasure. It actually provides When things are right, this is what happens. He says, but if you get caught up in selfish ambition, if you get into yourself or bitter envy towards another person, he goes, this, wherever that's happening, you're going to find disorder. Well, what's disorder? It's instability, a state of disorder, disturbance and confusion. It's that song. (laughs) It's that song. (laughs) They're trying to get a point across. This is not right. (laughs) And they made it feel Like what happens when things aren't right? And what is evil? You guys, this is so interesting. If unity is the purpose of God, then division is evil. Come on, man. I'm going to challenge you today. Because there's not a soul in this room. If you are in this room and you're not experiencing some sort of division with another human being, you're a hermit, <laughs> okay? But here's what we got to believe, and this is why this has changed my life. If I'm not fighting for peace and unity, if I'm letting things divide, it's evil. It's unspiritual. It's demonic. It's the absolute opposite of God, you guys. And we see it happening everywhere around us in the church needs to be, and we can be, by the power of Jesus Christ, we can be different. And Christianity, I'm telling you, will not be a joke if we're not contentious, but instead peacemakers. So here you go. Here's the two verses we're going to look at. The wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. You know, and when I see this, a harvest of righteousness. And again, Susie, I think, I think we joked about this when we were doing our message together. Most of us, unfortunately, when we see righteousness, we go, oh, can you get anybody in here go, I don't know if I really want righteousness because it feels pious and stuff. But don't you want things that are right? Okay? Like I'm a football geek, right? I mean, I love football. What I hate is when you see a wide receiver go out and then he makes the wrong turn because then the quarterback throws the ball and what happens? It gets intercepted, and you just want to go, no, 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 no. That was the wrong way. Mariah's learning how to drive. Man. One of my, I should have brought this picture. One of my, <laughs> one of my favorite things is we were driving to Colorado, and I let Mariah take the wheel, man, and she just, and she just took off. And I look back, and Susie was in the back seat literally holding on like this. Grimacing, and she wasn't even kidding. She was really doing it. Mom's like, and, and then Mariah's like, Mom, I can see you in the rearview mirror. <laughs> I tell you what, man, when you put your 16 year old behind the wheel, you want her to do it right. Right? 
I mean, when I get the wheel and I'm over in England and everything's on the wrong side and my whole family has to go, stay left, stay left, stay left, stay left. Because if you don't do it right, you're in trouble. And I want to say, man, this is when, and when you see that happening, you go, no, 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 no. And I feel like in this passage, you guys, please know this about God. He so cares about you. And he so cares about every relationship that matters to you. And I feel like he's sitting up there going, no, 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 no. You didn't have to do that. Didn't have to go that way. And the beautiful thing is it doesn't have to. It at any moment, I went golfing this week. If you ever need some comedic relief, ask me to go golfing. <laughs> my first, yo, know, all right, let's go try and find my ball. And, and I say this, this is a perfect illustration, though. I don't care how horrible your conflict is today. All my bad shots, the beautiful thing about golf is as soon as you end up here, you turn back to where the flag is, and you get another shot. And God is a God of grace. And no matter how far off you feel like you are, you got a second shot today and tomorrow and the day after to have a harvest of rightness. It's beautiful. So here's what the thing, you guys, the humble life. Can you guys just put that back up there, the scripture again? I don't even know. We might be able to just, yeah, just go ahead and you can now keep that up here the whole service if that's possible. I can't remember. I think you might need the video, so I'll trust you. Um, But here's what we're going to talk about. The humble life, you guys, is a good life. A humble life is a good life, and it produces good things. It really does. And so here's where we got to go. Here's what we need to say. Jesus, you're my wisdom. Right? What was this first question? Who's wise and understanding among you? And we have so many things that we do that we think are going to create life, and they don't. And Jesus today just wants to go, I am your wisdom. So Jesus, here's what we're going to, I want to encourage you. Jesus, will you be my wisdom? I'm going to humble myself, and I'm going to follow you. I'm going to humble myself because wisdom, the good life, show it by your good life, done by the deeds of humility of humility that come from wisdom. Now, I told you, this has been one of the most important passages in my life, and I I, want to tell you, seriously, like I, when I read this a few years ago, I actually sat down, that's what I'm going to do today, is I'm going to unpack every one of these words for you. And I sat with them, and I meditated on each word deeply. And right after that, there were so many times where I just found myself, I don't know what to do. You ever find yourself not knowing what to do? And when you don't know what to do, what do you do? You ask God, you go, God, what do you want me? Well, I don't know what to do. And you know, and this was so weird. And now after this, I, I totally would sense his voice because we believe he speaks to us through his Holy Spirit. And I would hear his voice say, James 3. And I'm like, no, no, I don't know. I don't need that. I need to know what to do. <laughs> right? And he would go, James 3. And so I'd sit down and I'd pull out this scripture and I would look at all of those words again. And you know what I found? God never actually told me specifically what to do. But every time, and I'm telling you, every time, 
I walked in to those situations with these words and owning them in my heart. Walls of hostility come down. This is the wisdom from heaven. And I want to encourage you in it. So here we go. You guys ready? Grab your pens. Write these things down and soak into this. The first thing that's wisdom from heaven is that it's pure. It's pure. I'm hoping this is pure. <laughs> Anybody else? When you, uh, when you drink some water, right, you hope it's pure? But trust that it is. What does that mean? Pure comes from the same root word as holy. It means it's not two-sided. So if selfish ambition is the opposite of God's way, then the wisdom from God, you can know this. There's no selfish ambition in it. And I'm telling you, this is one of the first things you got to do before you think about going in to a conversation or to a conflict with another person. You have to investigate your heart and go, is there any of me in this? Because if there's any of me, if I'm doing this for me so that I'm right, so that you find my way, if it's about you, it's not pure. It's not the wisdom of God. And so you got to confess that. you got to get your selfish ambition out right off the bat. Or you can't even go on with the rest of these things. And so the question you got to ask yourself is, am I really moving into this conflict about what's best for everyone else? Am I thinking about what's best for them? Or am I still thinking about me? And I want to tell you, here's the other thing that's pure. Uh, and I, uh, this is crazy. And I say this here all the time because it never ceases to amaze me is that John, who walked with Jesus every day for three years, when he wrote about him, he said, we've seen the glory of the one and only. So forgive me for those of you who actually attend on a regular basis. But I want to tell you this again. We've seen the glory of the one and only. And I always go, that I would, if I was that, I'd be like, he rose someone from the dead. He fed 5,000 with nothing. He healed demonic people. He walked on water, right? That would be the glory of God. And John says, no, we saw the glory of God. You know what it was? He was full of grace and truth. You guys, that's pure. What's pure is when you go into a conflict saying, I am going to bring truth and grace, both. And I want to tell you, man, I'll be totally honest with you. I don't know if there's anybody who can actually do that but Jesus. Because human beings go in, and we, it's hard to stay there. And so what we do as humans is half of us in this room slip over the truth side. <laughs> and we go, okay, it's easier over here. I'm just going to stand for what's true. Okay? Because that's easier. And then the other side of us go, no, I'm going to go over here to grace. Because can't we just all get along? And that's easier. And I shared this here. My brother... He said, if I ever write a book, it's going to be called The Razor's Edge. And he says, Dave, The Razor's Edge is grace and truth. And he goes, I'd call it The Razor's Edge because if you live there, you're going to bleed. You're going to suffer. And here's the deal. If you go truth without grace or love, it's no longer pure. Now it's contaminated. It's contaminated with selfish ambition. But if you go over here and it's all grace and you don't have truth, it's contaminated because now there's deception going on. You're acting like everything's okay and it's not okay. That's not truth. 
And so you have to, if you're going to walk into the wisdom that comes from heaven, the first thing you got to do is it has to be pure. It is not about me at all. No selfish ambition, and I'm bringing grace and truth. And here's where you need to go. Okay, Jesus. Yeah. You're my wisdom. I like to tell people the truth. I like to just get along. But Jesus, you're my wisdom. And I'm going to humble myself. And I'm going to follow you. Which means I'm not going to make it about me at all. That's the first thing. It's pure. Secondly, it's peace-loving. Peace. Do, do you, how many of you love peace? Are you a peace lover? Or how many of you love a good argument? <laughs> right? Any, I, I won't even make you raise your hands. Forget that. <laughs> and, 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 and here's the thing. I actually think you can love a good argument and be peace loving. I, I, I really do. Because the humble life is a good life. This is why I love Ravi Zacharias. How many of you know, how many of you know Ravi Zacharias? Okay? If you have never watched Ravi Zacharias... Put it in YouTube today and go watch this guy. This man is a genius, a defender of the Christian faith. But what's beautiful, find a, find a, a, a YouTube video where he's actually answering people's questions. It's fantastic to watch. Because what he does is he totally stands for what's true and he never budges. And somehow you feel loved while he did it. And you know why? When you watch Ravi, all I can think is he's humble. He's so gentle and humble in his spirit. And I bet you Ravi actually likes a good argument. I bet you he does. But I bet you it's because he can't wait to love on somebody with what he's going to share. Can I just ask you, what's your motive when you get into an argument? If your motive is to show how right you are, if your motive is to only get the other person to see it your way, then that's contentious. But if your motive in the argument is to bring peace, if you're, if you're, if you're going to walk in, because I want you to be at peace with God. I see something that I think might help you to be at peace with God. Or if your motive is, man, we're not at peace, and i got to walk in here. If you love peace when you go in, everything changes. And again, the ministry we've been given, you guys, is a ministry of reconciliation. If you're a Christian, if you are a Christian, you love peace. Peace, because that's what Jesus came. His gospel is the gospel of peace. And everything he did on the cross, even gut-wrenching pain and suffering, was to bring people to peace. So do you love peace? So Jesus, you're my wisdom. You're my wisdom. Am I going to walk into this because you died for me to help me be at peace with you? And so I could be at peace with others. I'm my whole end goal of this argument or this encounter is peace. Nothing short. That's the wisdom that comes from heaven. If it's not peace loving, it's earthly. Okay? So, third one pure, peace loving, considerate. This is an interesting word, right? Considerate means a couple things when you look up the word in the dictionary, it means it's fair. Okay, right from the definition, it says, it expresses that, cons that considerateness that looks humanely and reasonably at the facts of a case. So in other words, when you, what he's saying is the wisdom that comes from heaven, when you sit down to have the conflict with somebody else, 
you actually are thinking fairly. You're, you're going to be considerate of the other person. What you're saying is, I actually really want to know the truth. And this is hard, but what you're saying is, I want to know your truth. Because you, you all know, right, that when we go into an argument, you've got a truth. <laughs> you're right. But the wisdom from heaven says, but I want to know your rightness. So, right, this is a classic phrase. I want to be understood before being understood. You've got to say that. This is the wisdom from heaven. I'm seeking to understand you before I'm seeking for you to understand me. That's straight from heaven. So you don't walk in and go, I'm right. And here's what's interesting. If you look at other uh, versions in the Bible, they actually translate this word gentle. But that's the point. If you walk into a court case and you're not coming in, well, I'm right, okay? But you're literally going, okay, I want to know the truth. Immediately your stance changes. And the way you walk into it changes and you can actually be gentle. So Jesus, you're my wisdom. You're my wisdom. Help me to walk into this being more considerate about the other person than I am myself. And let me do that with gentleness. That's the wisdom from heaven. Fourth one. This one's crazy. The wisdom from heaven is submissive. Wow. Seriously? Like, come on, man. Let's face it. When you walk into a conflict, you do feel like you're right, right? And so you're going to walk into this thing, and Jesus goes, now here's how I want you to walk in, Nelson. I want you to be submissive. Uh Uh-uh. No way. How many of us walk into conflicts with our wife? We're like, oh, I can't wait to be submissive. No, we can't wait to show her where she's wrong, right? And then so she can be submissive. And it's just the opposite. He says, and I want to tell you, man, this word right here, submissive, that is the definition of humility. It is the benchmark of humility. Are you wise and understanding? Then show it by your good deeds done in the humility. That comes from wisdom. Submissive. And I want to tell you what, man, this is why we never represent Jesus well if we're not submissive. Because there was no one ever on the planet who was more submissive than Jesus. Jesus was perfectly submissive to his Father. Never, he says, I never did one thing. He goes, I never do anything on my own. That's crazy, because if anybody could have done it on their own, it would have been Jesus. But he goes, but I'm trying to reveal to you how life works. I'm trying to reveal to you what it is to be human on this planet. This is the wisdom from heaven. You submit yourself. In, In the book of Hebrews, it says, so submit to the Father of your spirit and live. So Jesus was submissive. So the first thing for us is when we go into a conflict, we go, okay, God, I'm going, I'm following you, Jesus. You're my wisdom. I'm going to submit to you, and I'm going to do everything you ask me to do. But here's what's interesting. When you live out of a submissive, a submissive posture, if that's just the posture of your heart to be submissive, you know what ends up happening in your relationships with everybody else? You end up serving everybody else. And what did Jesus do? He said, he, he, what did he say? He goes, man, you want to be great, then be the... Hey, thank you, David. It's the servant of all. He goes, what do you do? He got down on his feet, wrapped the towel around his waist, washed their feet, and said, if you, now that you've seen me do this, you do the same thing. See, Jesus lived as a servant. So what does it mean to go into a conflict, an argument, say, okay, I'm actually going to be submissive. 
It's the exact opposite of selfish ambition. What you do is you go in and you look. You look and you say, how can I be submissive in this encounter? Come on, man. Who does that? I'm telling you, I never did that until I started meditating on this passage. Because I want the wisdom that comes from heaven. I want my life to help produce a harvest of rightness, not wrongness, not more division, not more conflict, more unity, more peace. So you go in and you say, how can I submit here? How can I serve here? How can I be more interested in the other person's interests than my own? Okay, anybody feel your flesh crawling right now? Because this is not human. This is divine. But this is what we can do through the power of the Spirit. Can I ask you, if you come into a relationship, think about this. If you came into a relationship and it's intense and there's conflict and all of a sudden you walk in and the person can tell you're not about yourself at all. And you're actually looking to figure out how you can serve them in the midst of this conflict. What happens? That doesn't throw logs on the fire. That doesn't make the defenses pile up. The next thing you know, they're going to look over their wall and they'll go, what's, what's up with you? And you can be a peacemaker. Jesus, you're my wisdom. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to follow you. Christian, follow him in submissiveness. And watch what will happen. The humble life is a good life. And it will produce good things. Then he's full of mercy. Full of mercy. Here's the definition of mercy. The outward manifestation of pity. It assumes need. Okay, if you have mercy on someone, it means you, it assumes need on the part of him who receives it and, it and resources adequate to meet the need on the part of him who shows it. So this is really interesting. That's what mercy is. I see a need of someone who can't meet the need and I actually have the resource to do it. And the wisdom from heaven says you always look for the need. You guys, this is how we were saved, right? This is why Christians should be full of mercy. Because what did Jesus do? The Bible says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our, in our sins. So again, God had mercy on us. Why? Because we're dead. What can you do when you're dead? Anybody? Nothing. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're useless. And God looks down and he goes, you can't save yourself. I'm going to have mercy on you because I actually have the resources to save you. So when you're a Christian and you realize the only reason I got anything is because God is merciful on me, guess what? Now you can give mercy to other people. And that's the wisdom that's from heaven. And it takes great humility. It does. Because you're aware of the mercy that you've been given. And I want to tell you, man, this is how heaven works, though, guys. This is how God works. And you walk into a conflict, and this is what's interesting. I taught my kids for years in elementary school, right? Hurt people hurt people. You guys know that? Hurt people hurt people. So if someone's hurting you, what's the first thing you can know? Okay, somehow, they're hurt. And if you come in with a submissive spirit, considering them instead of yourself, asking God to give you eyes about how you can serve this person, and then if you see where they're hurt, what can you do? You can show mercy. And you can meet them where they're at. And then hurt people get healed. See, this is how the kingdom of God works. It's amazing. You're full of mercy. Then he's full of, he says, you're full of good fruit. Isn't fruit great when it's, actually, fruit's great when it's not dry. Amen. 
Isn't there anything worse than going, oh, my God, this orange looks great. And then you peel it, and you're like, oh, this is horrible. But fruit is sweet to the taste, and it's good for the body. What does the Bible, well, the Bible says? Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Can I just ask you a question? When someone runs into you, and you claim Jesus in your heart, and there's a conflict with you, do they taste and see that the Lord is good? Or do they get slammed? Do you show them how right you are and how wrong they are? Full of good fruit is what? The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. I'm patient, I'm kind, I'm gentle, faithful, self-control. That's the fruit. And so the wisdom from heaven is always coming in this way. You're full of good fruit. The next one is you're impartial. Impartial. Okay, hold on. I'm not in this argument because there's not impartial. I'm in this argument because we got two different deals going on here. But the Bible says, okay, chill, 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 chill. If you're going to go in because you're right and the other person's wrong, are you going to have peace? Uh Uh-uh. So what you got to do is you got to come in and you actually have to be impartial. What does that mean? This is crazy, man. It means you're going to treat everyone equal. No partiality. Every person equally valuable to God. And I'm telling you, this takes great humility. Because you think you're right. But so does the other person. So again, when you come with them impartiality, he says, here's what it's saying. There can be no sense that someone is beneath you or not worthy of your love and care. It means that when I go into any relationship or conflict or situation, I am not seeking my good over the other person's good. If you're going in and saying, this is about me getting in my way right, then you're partial. You're not thinking about the other person. And here's the beauty of the wisdom of God. He's never thinking about himself. He's always thinking about us. He's always thinking about how do I make peace with you? How do I care about us? And so if you're going in, this is a great test for you. And it does take humility because it means you're going to consider somebody above yourself. Man, and here's what you're partial to. You're partial to one person only, and that's Jesus. You're partial to him, and you say, I love you with all my heart, and I'm going to love others as you, as, as you have loved me. When I was thinking about this, the one verse that hit me, it says, Romans 13, 8 says, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. That's impartial. So, man, Jesus, oh, man, you got to be my wisdom. Please, I'm going to humble myself, and I'm going to be impartial. And then the last one, very quickly, is just sincere. And then at the end he says, and the wisdom from heaven is sincere. What's that mean? It's just genuine. It means it's done without hypocrisy. It's almost like a bookend to pure. So you start off, it's pure, okay? No self in you. And at the end, and it's sincere. This is really who you are. You're not putting on a mask. You're not, you know, all the preceding qualities are not mixed with personal agendas. They aren't a game. It's not a mask that you're covering up your true nature. This is truly who you are. I sincerely, sincerely am going to make every effort to be at peace with you. Because Jesus died on the cross to make me at peace with God. 
And what I've received from him, I'm going to give to you. Oh, I tell you what, you guys. Christianity would cease to be a joke if we could be peacemakers. I think people might even call us children of God. So, as we move in and we think about this, what's, what's this all about? He goes, you can have no selfish ambition. So, greeters, come forward, and, um, and we're going to take our offering right now. We have a very special time of worship here for you at the end. But I want to take our offering right now. Because this is, again, why do this? Okay? First, I want to say, the most important reason to even partake in giving God your resource back to him, just to return to him what's his. You guys can go ahead and start, actually, whenever you're ready. The most important reason to do this is God says, this is what identifies yourself with me. If my spirit is inside of you, I have no selfish ambition. Can we all just confess? I mean, the hardest thing to not be selfish with is our money. <laughs> it's the hardest thing. Man, we, we work hard for it, and we want to use it for ourselves. And God is saying, this is why it's so important that I institute this deal where you just get back to me. Trust me in this. Trust me in this. And it's so good for your soul to be free from this selfish ambition. And I know for me, man, if I'm selfish in one area, it affects me in all my areas. It affects me in every area. I think that's why he said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart goes. Because if your treasure goes to God, then your heart goes to God. And you can actually start really living like him. Okay? So here's how we're going to close this. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. So here's what I want you to think about right now. What does your harvest look like? What does the harvest of your life look like? Is it producing peace? Is there rightness? Are relationships actually being reconciled? Are they being restored? Is forgiveness and mercy and healing happening? Is restoration, is there unity? I tell you, man, does the world run into a peacemaker when they run into you? Does the world need this? Desperately. But so does your marriage. So do your kids. So does your workplace tomorrow. So does this church. Let's be peacemakers. So here's how we're going to go ahead. Go ahead, buddy. Um, as we were talking through this, there, there was an old song that uh, I grew up with. Some of you guys who grew up in church probably heard this too. It said, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. And it just says that over and over and again, and he will lift you up. And, um, but when I thought about what I wanted to teach today, um, I want us, I'm going to teach you this really simple little phrase, and then I'm going to lead you through. We want to make sure we didn't just walk out of here today going, okay, nice message, Dave, and walk out. But how can you get to your heart this morning and actually let Jesus go to the depth of your being, open the eyes of your heart, and help you to walk out of here saying, that's it, I'm going to follow you. So I've been saying it all morning, right? Jesus, you're my wisdom. So I'm going to humble myself, and I'm going to follow you. Jesus, you're my wisdom. I will humble myself, and I will follow you. 
So just sing this with me. It just simply goes like this. Jesus, you're my wisdom. I humble myself and follow you. Sing it. Jesus, you're my wisdom. I humble myself and follow you. Okay, now just meditate on it. Jesus, you're my wisdom. Humble 